Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today it's Monday, so you know what we're doing. We're talking about the new episode of Star Trek Discovery. And this one, oh man, it found a way to make me angry, make me madder, and then have a satisfying conclusion to the episode. And I'm just going to call witchcraft on the whole thing. Because that is not how to do with things. But yeah, if you haven't seen this episode, it you should watch it. It They're doing things that we'll be talking about once we get to spoilers in just a minute. That I, I'm not... Okay, we're going to have a long talk about Star Trek Discovery and twists. Because... Yeah, that's a thing that they're trying to do. And this is the twisty twist of a twist of a twist episode of Discovery where stuff happens. And they're setting us up, I'm assuming, as we're in the final legs now to the finale. We only have a couple more episodes left. Let's see, this was what? Episode 10, there are only 14 episodes, so we have four more to go. The next one is called Perpetual Infinity, because of course it is, and we don't know the names of the others. But, yeah, so Burnham and the team find out who the Red Angel is, and oh no, and figure out a way to trap it, and oh no, and... Section 31 is there because Michelle Yeoh is the coolest thing ever, and so we need to put her on the show, so just, like, awesome. And then the end happens, and yeah. Yeah, you can tell. We have to go into spoilers, because, like, literally the first second of the show is technically a spoiler. So let's just do it, okay? If you haven't watched the episode and you don't want to be spoiled, spoilers are incoming in 5, 4, 3, 2, one, and here we go. Okay, so we open up with Tilly being Tilly and then just blurting out, oh, by the way, yeah, when Arium died, she had a file in her brain, and even though we didn't want to be infected by the evil infection code of the infected infections, we decided to look through the files in her brain, because... Okay, just, they need to for the plot, because they only had 14 episodes, so just run with it, Okay. So, Michael Burnham, you're the Red Angel! Yeah. And so let's go and have Dr. Culber, who they have practicing medicine again, even though he doesn't know if he wants to do it, because that's a smart plan, because reasons. And yes, definitely, we looked at the thing, and it's not fake. You're definitely the Red Angel, and... Oh, here's an overly complicated way we can capture the Red Angel, so let's do that. And Ash and uh, Burnham are still having a thing, and 
it needs to go away. And they didn't really make out like they teased that they were going to make out, but they didn't really make out. And I'm kind of okay with that because just, just let Ash Tyler die by the end of the season. Just let Ash Tyler die by the end of the season. I don't care. Give him a heroic death. Let him die to save his beloved Michael. I don't care. Just, just get rid of him. And I don't want to talk about the very elaborate way that they baloneyumed their way into a trap for the Red Angel because it's sci-fi and, let's be honest, if you don't like big balonium traps, why are you watching sci-fi? Like, that's the whole point of it. Like, we're going to come up with a big balonium thing that we're going to solve at some point in the story. Like, that's just baked into the genre. Just accept that and move on. And then, of course, we get to the end and we get to the final twist, which I will talk about in a minute. Now, this series is addicted to twists. In kind of the way that M. Night Shyamalan was addicted to twists. And I'm almost waiting to find out that a coffee cup is significant because reasons. Because, you know, that's where M. Night eventually went. But... Okay, so just having Tilly come in at the beginning of the episode and be all Tilly and then be like, oh yeah, by the way, you're the Red Angel. I mean, what? So in almost like a writer's bet as to how many twists you could throw into one episode... So at the very beginning, like the very beginning, before you get to, you know, cut to credits in the teaser at the very beginning, Michael, you're the Red Angel. And then shortly after that, Michael, I killed your parents because I told them to be at the place because we were making a super suit that happens to look just like the Red Angel. And I decided not to tell anybody this entire time because I'm Section 31 and I'm mysterious. Oh! <gasps> And then we get to the final revelation at the end. No, it's not Michael. It's her mother, which I'm fine with. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, oh my goodness. Like, really? Like, all your twists have to come in this episode? Like, all of them. All of them. Like, you just package them all up and put them all in one episode. Because... You know, her relationship with Section 31 would have been a lot more interesting throughout the season if she had learned that Leland had set this up ahead of time. Like, the su if we would have found out sooner that Leland ha was responsible for her parents being where they were and was responsible for the Klingon attack that killed her parents and that her parents either were members of section 31 or they, they were section 31 adjacent at the very least. Like, I don't think that that was very clear in the episode because your mother was an amazing engineer. Yeah. That doesn't mean that she was, you know, she could have just been tapped by section 31 to do stuff. I don't know. But at any rate, they were working for section 31 because time travel is a thing. Cause remember that whole temporal cold war thing? Yeah. That gets name dropped in this episode and apparently the Klingons were working on some time travel thing to be a part of it because I don't know reasons and section 31 stopped them and then decided well we stopped them maybe we should do it because we're section 31 and we do stuff and look 
I get that they're trying to set up the Section 31 series. I get that. And the one thing the one thing that they've done a very good job with is explaining how Giorgio is going to take over Section 31. Because Leland is a mess. All the admirals that were in charge, they're dead because Evil Robot from the future terminated all of them with an evil I'll be back before killing a member of the bridge crew. Okay? So, they're all gone. I'm assuming Leland's now in charge or something because reasons that, like, he's the only other Section 31 person that we know. So, okay, there's that. And he's just an incompetent boob. Like, how do you do the super spy thing when you can't recognize that you literally have a legit super spy undermining you at every step of the way? So... Eventually, he's going to be replaced or something, and, you know, Giorgio is going to take over. And I can see the Section 31 series now. She's going to be in the new control base, wherever it is, and we're going to follow the adventures of Ash Tyler and the who the care. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Not going to think about that. Not going to think about that. Happy place, happy place, happy place. Oh, there's a beautiful happy place in this episode. Saru Sings. And it's beautiful, and it's haunting, and it's amazing. So there's the happy place. It's sad, because it's at the funeral, because they actually gave Ariam a funeral, which I'm kind of surprised by, because most of the other characters that have died in course of the series, they're just like, oh, they did, and went on. Like, we didn't even get, like, when Culper died, we didn't really get a prolonged mourning period with him. They just kind of, and on with the plot, because Lorca is Lorca. But Ariam got a funeral, and that was cool. And Saru sang, and Doug Jones confirmed on Twitter that that was him singing. But the problem with the first twist is that it just made both me and my husband angry. Okay, so Michael's the Red Angel, so she saved herself when she was a child. And we literally paused the show to debate various ways that she could have saved herself as a child, as an adult, because a child and adult. And then the show has a moment where they kind of just kind of drop the phrase, the grandfather paradox and don't really address it. And of course they didn't feel like they had to address it because we're going to get the later twist that, Oh no, it wasn't really Michael. It was her mommy. And again, I'm fine with that. Like, the actual twist makes a lot more sense than the pre-twist twist that is there before the other twist that leads to the last twist. But you're making a TV show, not a pretzel Star Trek. <laughs> okay. So, that was just infuriating because logically... And for a show that can't do what a lot of sci-fi shows do and just, like, hand-wave logic, because, you know, it's a sci-fi show, what do you expect, you know? No, like, throughout the episodes, people are constantly bringing up the idea of logic and logic and the logic of this and the logic of that. So, introducing a logical inconsistency at the beginning of the episode... I don't think that that was brilliant. That wasn't really a smart thing to do. 
Granted, you fixed it by the end of the episode, so this isn't like season one where you introduced something stupid and just belabored the point forever, because they did that a lot in season one. But you didn't, we didn't need the red herring. Like, we, we just didn't. The episode would have been much stronger if we just had Spock figuring out that, sh- that Burnham is the variance. That for some reason, Burnham is the X factor that causes the Red Angel to show up. If that would have happened, and then we learned about the super secret trap thingy that they could set up on the evil planet, that would have worked better. And I don't really understand what the script supervisor is doing on the show or the showrunner who I'm assuming is Alex Kurtzman because he does a lot of the interviews as if he's actually doing the showrunner work for the show. And while I am not like, I'm not a huge fan of his writing and I wouldn't say that like consistency and brilliance is a cornerstone of his writing and that's not a knock on him. I mean, he worked for a long time with a conspiracy theorist who had serious problems and J.J. Abrams. So I don't know how much of, you know, a lot of his earlier work was him and how much of it was their influence. I can't parse that out. But the fact that this weird red herring thing was put in, it just doesn't, it doesn't make the show better. It doesn't make the mystery better. I guess they did it so that when the reveal happens at the end, oh, it's her mother. We would be more shocked because they primed us to think that it was Burnham, even though that made absolutely no sense that it would be Burnham. But they banked on us not having faith in the show, not to do a stupid thing. Like, that doesn't... That just doesn't work. I don't understand why Alex Kurtzman let that through the script process. Because, like I said, the show would have been so much stronger if Spock could have explained that, you know, she is the variance. And we had this kind of brother-sister moment where the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Which we did get in the episode... But that's all undercut because she thinks she's trying to trap herself by trying to kill herself and she can't let herself die. Like, that's some weird tension that, I mean, you could still could have had all of the, like, she's risking her life and she might die to bring the Red Angel here stuff without having the baggage of... But if she kills herself, then she's not herself and she can't do the things because that doesn't make sense anymore because she already saved herself when she apparently died when she was a kid. So your tension doesn't work? Really? Or is that just me? See, in everything that they did in this episode, the relationship between Giorgio and Michael was good and believable, and I really liked it. And this kind of, I'm not going to say star-crossed lovers, because, you know, from Giorgio's perspective, maybe, but, 
you know, definitely not from Michael's, but you know, this mentor mentee relationship that is so strong, it spans universes thing that they've got going between them. It really works in this episode and the chemistry between them really is palpable and I liked it. And the relationship between Ethan Peck, Spock, and Michael really worked in this episode. It's just this weird plot device of you are the Red Angel that kind of threw me off. And before I forget to talk about it. So, Admiral, you used to be a counselor. Because we need a counselor and we don't have a Deanna Troy. So it's going to be you because we're paying your salary to be here. And let's sit down and have a talk. Admiral Cornwell. Yeah, that was a moment of moments. Now, I don't know what they're doing with Culber. You know my theory with this, because I bring it up every time, that you can't have two gays in a happy relationship on a mainstream show, so we got to find some way to break them apart. And at least it makes sense. Like, everything's new, everything's different. I, I, I like that Hugh didn't just come back to life and go back to normal because not only was he dead for a long time but he was trapped in this nightmare hellscape of monsters trying to destroy him which would mess your brain up like just for real that would mess you up but he also has a whole new body that he's experiencing for the first time and so the sensations are different and not the way he remembers and he feels disconnected and yeah you know i'm not a big fan of let's torment the gays for the sake of tormenting the gays but i feel like it makes sense for his character to a certain point i'm hoping that i'm wrong about them doing all of this with hugh so they can go ahead and write him out of the series because that was the original intent, that he was supposed to die and just be this baggage that Stamets carries around. And then we all freaked out because of the horrible homophobic trope that they used to kill him. And they were like, oh no, no, we're Star Trek, man. We're woke. He's not really dead. See, it's Search for Spock time, man. He's back and he's different and he's going to go explore his life and go away so we can write him out of the series like we originally intended, but hopefully without the fan reaction that we got the first time, because reasons. Like, if they make it okay, like, if they if they justify it for the character, I will eventually be okay with it, but it just... It feels like they're really leaning into that we can't have two gay characters in a relationship and make it work. And again, for everybody who brings it up every time, Bordis and Clyden don't count. They're not gay. They're aliens. It's a different thing. There are no women on their world, so their relationship doesn't count. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what they're doing with Culber. It really feels like they had this entire storyline figured out and then realized that the backlash needed to be responded to. And so they've kind of inserted his character back in with moments to justify why they're eventually going to get rid of him. I hope I'm wrong. Please, please be wrong. But, or they're going to kill him again. 
which I can see happening. He's going to end up sacrificing himself for the crew or something. Cause you know, we're all going to think that this is the moment when captain Pike gets injured and gets in the wheelchair, but Culper is going to jump and knock him out of the way and be the one that gets killed instead. Heroic death this time. I want to be wrong, but that's why I say these things on the show so that should they happen, I can point back and go, see, I've been worried about this the whole time. Like Tyler, I'm not going to get back on my soapbox. Tyler needs to go or at least have a haircut, do something like, like I get that they're trying to make him the shaggy dog that we feel sorry for, but it's not working. Give him a character, something. I just, anyway, okay. So Michelle Yeoh is awesome. And I really, like, I don't really have to add anything to that. Her character shows up, does awesome stuff, has wonderful heart to hearts. Spock, the, the pivotal moment in this entire thing for me is when Spock pulls the gun on Culber and everybody and won't let them save his sister. Because he, this is, this is like the first time we really see Spock and Michael having each other's backs and showing that growing up together, he understands what she's saying, that she's saying, no, this has to play out and not no, save me. (laughs) No, this isn't going to work. Save me that he understands her. And that was a powerful moment. Renegade Spock is an interesting character that again, for everybody who wants to say that they're really changing Spock's character, you have to go back and watch the cage. Spock laughs. Spock yells at people. Spock is a very emotional character in the cage. Since we're retconning that Spock back into reality, we have to accept that there's, this is the intermediate form between emotional Spock and Spock of the original series. You just have to accept that and not get caught up that this isn't your, the Spock you grew up with. But I think he's getting there, and I think Ethan Peck is doing a very good job playing the character. Okay, so let's just talk about that final twist, shall we? They catch the Red Angel, the Red Angel saves Michael's life, and then we get the reveal that it's her mother. I don't know what to say about that. Like, first of all, it invalidates the original not twisty twist that they went with at the very beginning. We have her biological signature. And we look at, you know, Michael goes and has a full medical workup. And it turns out that, yes, they're the same person, but they're not the same person because it's her mother. Okay, there's a lot of similarities between family members, but I don't buy the biological similarity between mother and daughter being so profound that they can't tell the difference between them. That 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 bothers me a little bit, but they give themselves a very easy out on that, that we're probably going to see some hand-waving on in the next episode where they're like, but you said it was, you know, when we have that moment, 
Because we literally end with, Mother? And, you know, cut to credits. But it does make a lot more sense that she somehow escaped in the Red Angel thingy. I guess to the future? Because I think what they've given us is actually a double grandfather paradox that's kind of infinitely looping in on itself. So I assume, and I hate doing that, especially on a show like this that likes its twisty twists, that in the attack, she jumped into the Red Angel uniform thingy and Ant-Man and the Wasp herself into the quantum zone so that she could avoid Thanos snapping his fingers and killing half the life on the planet that they were on so that she could then come back at some point. But she somehow comes out in the future when the evil AI has done its terminatory best and eradicated all sentient life in the galaxy. Again, see Calypso for... You know, talk about that. It's one of the short tricks that they did. And then decided that she's going to go back and fix things. And this is where the pieces need to fit together. Like, we need to understand why New Elysium, that New Eden, that why did she feel it important to save the people from the Third World War? Like, how are they going to play a role in stopping the AI because they kind of have to, right? Like at the end of the day, the things that the show has told us are apparently part of the plan to stopping the evil AI thing is the people who were saved in new Eden need to be there because they're going to contribute something or I don't know, it was just a story she remembered from school and felt sorry for them and saved them. Like, you have to make her saving their lives mean something. So, we're going to have to get something from them. We're going to have to go back to Saru's planet and get something from them. And that's going to help us defeat the Red Angel. And do you see what I'm saying? Like, there has to be something in that dying planet brain thingy that downloaded all that information into the discoveries databanks that will help save the universe. Like what you're telling us is that she's doing this to save the future. And I'm willing to rule Michael out. Like Michael can play absolutely no role in saving the world because let's face it, you're changing the timelines and you find out your daughter died you're going to save your daughter. You know, you've already saved somebody from the Third World War. You've already decided to break the Prime Directive and free an entire world from slavery. They, they were eating them. Yeah. So when, once you have gotten over, like, your qualms about changing the timeline, saving your daughter... You, you would save your daughter, right? Spock has to be important or there's no reason to keep visiting Spock and having him play a role in this. 
So Spock has to be important. The New Eden has to be important. And something about what's going on with Saru's people. And my thought with this is, remember the weird genocide tech that we saw on Saru's homeworld? Maybe the evil AI got their hands on that and they need to stop it or something. But there need we need to tie these events together or she's just randomly changing things to get people's attention, hoping that it'll work. Like it needs to tie together. And right now, I don't see how these disparate elements work together, especially since they left the New Eden place and aren't going back to it. Or maybe they are going back to it. I mean, they kind of said that they weren't going back. I don't know. But you get what I'm saying? Like, these things have to make sense. Oh, and let's not forget about Jet Reno. Because she also saved Jet Reno. So Jet Reno has to play a part in this too. Because, of course she does. She's awesome. But all of that needs to be tied together in the next four episodes. Or the Red Angel was just doing random things. Hoping to be caught. And then the real plan comes in. And that's not a satisfying story. And hopefully that's not the story that they did. I just... Like... Reno makes sense because remember she learned the connection between um, engineering and biological matter matter matters right because she learned how to use her engineering skills to keep people alive. I can see how that might play an important role in defeating a sentient AI who's out to destroy everything, right? The other pieces I'm not quite seeing how they fit together, but it all needs to fit together. Or it was meaningless. Yeah. If you have theories on how this all could fit together, please let me know. I would really love to hear them. Because I, I just don't see it. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm C.E. Dorset on Twitter. Or you can go to Pro well, go to Anchor.fm, download the Anchor app, follow Project Shadow, and you'll see a little button that says voice message. You can click that, leave me a one-minute message. It can be a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like to hear on the show. I would love to get your theories about how the disparate people and things that the Red Angel has done so far will add up to saving the galaxy. Because I don't see how that works. If you like this episode and you got a buck you can throw my way, in the show notes you'll see a link that says Anchor Community Support. If you click that, you can join the project at the one, five, or ten dollar level. That money helps me out a lot. It helps me do pretty much everything that I do. If you don't have the money or you don't feel like joining the project right now, just share this podcast with somebody who you think will enjoy it. That helps out immensely. And yeah, I'd really like to know your theories because I don't see how this all fits together and I hope it doesn't all fit together in some weird twisty twist. Because... If it turns out that she had to save New Eden because she goes to the future and meets somebody who is born on New Eden, who ends up helping her be able to figure out how to do it, that's not satisfactory. That doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. Anywho, until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.